TFC students take their final bows. I'm your host, Meg Broom, and I'm here with Allison Lamb. Allison is a ministry leadership major, and she's also um, the president of the TFC Theatrical Society. How are you doing, Allison? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Meg. I'm my pleasure. Allison and I have been friends for a long time, and I thought um, she'd be the best first guest for the show. <laughs> I'm excited. All right. Well, to start off with the questions, um, what led you to come to TFC? Yeah, well, so I actually originally dual enrolled here um, during high school. Oh. Um, so I was online for a little while, and then when I was looking at which schools that I wanted to go to, of course, this was on the list. Um, so I was here for um, like visiting and sitting in on some of the classes. Yeah. And um, there was kind of this period where I had like, I don't know, 30 minutes or so just to kind of sit and um, basically do nothing for a little bit. And I was sitting uh, on the swing right outside Laterno, you know? <laughs> yep. And um, this this breeze was like rustling through the trees and it was just so beautiful and um, I just kind of had this this feeling of peace and of God being like you know this is this is where you should be yeah. um, so that was kind of that was the deciding factor um, that I was like okay this is where I'm supposed to be so this is where I came <laughs> do you think that dueling rolling here also helped you make that choice as well yeah, it did. I, I definitely, it probably wouldn't have been on my radar if I hadn't already dual enrolled here. Um, just because I, I wasn't super familiar with the school. Um, so yeah, so that was the reason that it was even on like yeah. my top list. Yeah, um, I dual enrolled myself and I feel like it helps a lot for college students mm -hmm. in terms of making decisions and all that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, would you, um, you've been here f for a while now, so care to share any memories, like your favorite memories here at DFC? Um, well, I've definitely made a lot of them. Um, lots of really great conversations at one o'clock in the morning and lots of, um, Chick-fil-A runs and oh, Chick -fil -A. Wendy's runs and those kind of things, um. So yeah, a lot, a lot of those. Uh, I remember there was one last year when it was really late and me and my quad mates kind of all piled on the sofa in our quad and it was super late. I don't even remember what time it was, but it was super late at night and we were just eating pizza and we all had like this carton of ice cream that we were eating out of with plastic forks <laughs> and, um, and we were just talking and a bit delusional because it was late um but that was a really good one yeah um, yeah I think I think definitely though one of my top experiences was directing Sense and Sensibility oh yes um so a, a lot of a lot of memories with that one um yeah tech week came and I that's I think the proudest that I've ever felt about anything it was um just seeing the amazing cast that I had and yeah um, just looking at what what y'all did with it, and you did phenomenal, and yeah. um, it was just it was just all, it was just great yeah. all the way around. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, Sense and Sensibility was one of the plays the Theatrical Society did, and I was in that play, and mm -hmm. 
uh, I'd have to say you were one of my favorite directors I ever had. Thanks, Meg. It was it was an amazing experience. I loved yeah. It. Yeah, and um, it's one I will never forget either, and I was glad to be a part of that memory. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, what's something uh, about yourself that um, that anyone listening might not know, even among your friends? Mm. Yeah, I had to um, I have to think about this one. Um, I feel like I'm generally pretty open, so I was trying to think of something that just isn't talked about a whole lot. Um, so something that not a whole lot of people know is that um, I am dyslexic. And, oh, really? Yeah, and I also have like a, a verbal processing disorder. So um, I don't when I'm receiving verbal information from other people. Um, my brain doesn't quite, uh, I guess, file the information correctly all the time. Um, so that that's one that not a whole lot of people know, but um, but it's actually amazing story of God's grace and faithfulness because I was um, because of those things and other factors. I was super late um, reading, and at one point I was several grades behind in school. Um, and a lot of people didn't even think that I would graduate high school. Um, yeah. But now I'm here. I'm a senior, and um, I'm graduating this May, and I'll be um, actually the first person to graduate in my immediate family from college. So, oh. yeah, it's just God is so cool. He was like, you know, human expectations and views of reality, you know, there there's just no limits to, to God's plan. And, you know, it's... It's not anything that we can do. It's just, you know, God's grace and, you know, the the way that he forms his narrative and and just does miraculous things. Yeah. Um, each one of us have something that God has helped us get past. And um, me personally, I've had to get past dealing with anxiety in my life yeah. and just... Um, hearing something you have had to get past um that's really cool <laughs> yeah. yeah god is good god is good um and speaking of god um what do you think is something god's taught you during your time at tfc well he's definitely taught me a lot that's for sure um i think though one of the biggest things is really just teaching me what grace actually is yeah and see I growing up like I I've always had perfectionistic tendencies for sure don't we all (laughs) um and so just being I I never realized though quite how perfectionistic I was until um like the end of high school and early college um, but that, that was kind of one of those things that God was like, okay, Allison, your project for the next four years or well, the rest of my life, but starting in the next four years is, um, to figure out that perfectionism. And, um, it was, it was really, really awesome, um, kind of development that I didn't expect, um, because I, I never really viewed perfectionism as a bad thing. I, I thought, oh, this is, um, you know, this is what doing well means and doing everything with excellence. And um, But I realized that I wasn't giving my myself any room for grace. Yeah. And I had, had this um, 
one one time that it really hit me hard was um, I was taking small group leadership with Rick Masters. Just shout out to that class, one of my all-time favorites. Um, but there's a ton of work in that class. And um, that semester I was really struggling to get in my homework for all of my classes. And that was something that I hadn't really struggled with as much before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was coming out of a meeting with, um, with Rick and asking for yet another extension to another assignment. And I just, I hated it with every fiber of my being. Mm. And he gave me grace and he, he gave me yet another extension. And I yeah. was mad. I was frustrated because I, I was like, I, I don't deserve this extension, you know? And I, I walked out of his office being, I mean, happy, but also feeling, feeling frustrated. And I actually said aloud, oh, I hate needing grace. And that's when it kind of clicked. Like, that was one of the big moments for me that I realized, hold up, <laughs> Allison, you know, we're, we're supposed to be dependent on God's grace and we can't live any other way. And it's, if I am so focused on my perfectionism, then I'm denying grace and love that God gives me. And it's only through that grace that I can have any type of freedom. And so that was that's been a huge thing that's kind of wrecked my world a bit and I'm sure I'll spend the rest of my life figuring out but um but yeah something as simple as grace I I never really quite um I never knew that I didn't know what it meant before college (laughs) if that makes sense (laughs) yes um a lot of us don't know what it means I mean we're we're told all our lives that um it's it's interesting um for me personally um growing up i've heard all these things that were required for being a good christian mm-hmm. read your bible pray and sure. it feels like people say that you have to do those mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. And is that something you've ever felt like, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, you have to do those things, but they make it sound like, I don't know, um, you have to do it a certain way, kind of. Yeah. Well, that's kind of an interesting thing because um, a lot of people talk about, um, like, people pleasing and, like, living up to other people's expectations, which, of course, I, I mean, I've struggled with that some but really the thing that I think I've had to overcome the most is my own expectations on myself yeah yeah and and not so much necessarily like rules and things that other people have said that I have to do but expectations and rules that I've set for myself yeah that um and those those rules you set on yourself if you're not careful, they can leave a deep scar on your very soul, kind of. Yeah, but praise the Lord for healing and for growth and sanctification. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, I realize we're going really fast on this interview, faster than I wanted. <laughs> uh, but... Next question. Uh, what's something you're going to miss about uh, TFC? Mm, yeah, well, um, 
something that I think I'll miss the most is just the community. Um, yeah. And just the really good friendships that that have come with being here. And, um, you know, the, there's so many people here who, who are just so important to me and whom I love so much. And I think just not being around them you know, all the time and, and one, you know, tight knit, you know, you see each other pretty much every day kind of thing. Um, I think that's, I think that's what I'm going to miss the most. Um, it's definitely going to be an adjustment to figuring out how to keep in contact with people and how to make new friends. And yeah. Um, Thank goodness yeah. for Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The good thing is, is that I think, um, you know, at least some of my friends are staying kind of in the area. So, um, yeah that'll that'll help a bit but um but yeah I think that's that's the big thing um the really great thing man shout out to the ministry department um is that even though you know I'll be leaving and I won't be taking any more classes um my professors have have expressed that you know they're they're resources for us forever. You know, they're, they're not like, oh, we graduate, walk across the stage, and then, you know, th- their job is done, um, which I think is really awesome that, you know, we can continue to learn and um, continue to have these, you know, professors and um, in a way that, you know, I don't know if a lot of other schools do. I, I mean, I haven't been to any other colleges, so I wouldn't know, but, um, but that they're available to us to ask questions and um, to have conversations and as we're figuring out life. And um, I think that's really cool. That's something that I won't have to miss, you know, because they want to stay available, which I think is is really cool. Yeah, that is one really good thing about the professors, um, especially the professors who are the most willing to listen. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's hard to not um, go to them and ask questions about their walk with God and how um, and just bring to them things you don't understand about God. Yeah, it's true. That's cool. Yeah. Um, what is something you will not miss about <laughs> TFC? Um, well, I think the amount of papers that I have to write is is definitely something that, that I, I will be glad to be done with at least for a while. Um, so like, yeah, just the, the amount of papers, man. Um, I would say a little bit also the amount of reading, but it's maybe not exactly what you might expect because I, I do, I love reading, and I love books. I, yeah. They're the best. Oh, um, yes. I mean, uh, I mean, um, yeah, books are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but so. I think, uh, I think I'll, I'll not miss the amount of reading that I'll have to do at yes. once. But partly because I feel like I have so much that I can't quite, I can't quite soak it all in. You know, sometimes you got to skim, and sometimes, you know, you, you don't have time to finish it all or have time to even think about you know what you're reading as much as you'd like yeah so I think that's something that you know I, I won't miss the the fire hydrant of new information coming at you you know and having to fly through it so much 
Yeah, and uh, you mentioned that you won't miss the papers. Uh, have you ever been in the situation where um, there's a paper due and you forget about it until, like, a few days before it's due? Oh, yes. Oh, that's the worst feeling ever. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and then you go into panic mode, and then, yeah, who knows what you might write. Oh, man, <laughs> yes. Um, my least... Um, my least favorite papers are ones where that's happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> or even worse, the ones that, like, you remember are coming. Well, I don't know if it's worse. In some ways, maybe. Um, but, like, the papers that you know are coming and, like, you're mentally prepared for. And then you sit down to write it and you have nothing to say. <laughs> oh, yes. And then you're staring at this blank page for who knows how long. Yeah. Or even the ones where you get, like assigned a topic and you have no clue whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) oh man Uh, because like um there have been times where like um someone asked look for this specific thing in something you you read and you're like i did not notice that in it at all yeah it's so funny It's, (laughs) it's so funny also like with research Sometimes research is just so helpful, and it's just like, oh, this is exactly the information I need. And then sometimes you get things that you never, like, you never wanted to read about a certain subject, and you're going, wait, why does this even exist? Yes. (laughs) You know? Yeah, I mean, um... Um, I mean, like, I remember when we were taking Jane Austen class, Mm. and, um, and... I was looking up something about the sisters, mm-hmm. and uh, remember what I told you about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. it's It was crazy. There were some people who thought that the Bennett sisters from Pride and Prejudice were a couple, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> I know. I got... I, it was crazy. I, I ran into some of those, too, and I was just like, I don't... I don't understand. Like, this yeah. is... Oh, also, by the way, Jane Austen with Alyssa Thomas, man. Yes. Such a good class. Anyone listening, <laughs> if you hear that class is going to be taught that semester, take it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but um, it, it was interesting because the only justification they had for that was that they were sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That does not make any sense. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, but, um, but, yeah. Um, it, just, there's just so much you can find doing research. It's true. It's true. And that's it's something that, um, you know, lots of. Lots of hours, like, upstairs in the library, like, looking through commentaries and, you know, all of those. It's it's kind of funny. Have Do you have that feeling sometimes when, like, you're going through books and stuff, and then you just have this massive pile of, like, heavy books that you just lay on the table in the library, and you just feel like the smartest person ever because you're just looking through all of these, like, yes. you know what you're doing? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I... I do, but then um, I realize I don't have enough time to look at all this. I have to, like, <laughs> pick and choose and skim, and then the fact, yeah. and I don't know, for some reason, whenever that happens, it makes me feel less smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. That's true. It can it can quickly go in a drastic direction. <laughs> yes. Um, 
But, um, so, yeah, don't rely on the amount of books to make you feel smart, (laughs) is what I'd say. (laughs) That's true, that's true. Um, but what's something, like, you've, like, learned in research that you thought was either odd or surprising, kind of, maybe? Um, well, okay, the Jane Austen one was definitely one. Um, (laughs) something that I thought was kind of cool... Um, I actually didn't get the chance to do a lot of research on that specifically. So, like, if it's if it's not correct, don't, you know, don't take my word for it. Um, but I saw a thing um, about Jesus's crucifixion and um, how, you know, in, in his life and death and resurrection, he fulfilling all of the law and the prophets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and something, though that like a detail that I didn't realize was that there was a specific type of, um, of sin sacrifice that, um, had to be actually like killed, I guess, outside of the city, um, like the city walls, which I'd never heard of before. Um, I'd always assumed everything was done like on the altars and whatnot inside the temple. Um, so again, I don't know for sure if it's correct, but I thought it was a really cool idea um, that, you know, if that specific sacrifice for sin and for, you know, forgiveness or, or whatever it was, um, having to be outside the, the city walls and how how Jesus went and sacrificed himself and he specifically went outside, like just outside the city um, to be crucified and I think yeah. even even the small details like that, you know, like when uh, you know every every word and every you know um, phrase and law and all of that that was fulfilled, you know, he, he didn't leave out any details, and I think that that's really awesome because it doesn't leave any room for for us to question, you know, well, well, did he actually do that? Yeah, um, like he's a he's a detail oriented God in a lot of ways, and. So I, is, I think yeah. that was that was kind of a, a cool like fact that might be a fact um, <laughs> that I had never heard of before, and it just kind of it was a it was a cool moment of wow God like he he doesn't miss anything you yeah know? there yeah that is that is really cool and um, there's so many facts that most people don't know about stuff like that, including, like, the crucifixion. I mean, um, you know that stuff that they tried to, that drink that they tried to give Jesus before throwing him up on the cross that Mm -hmm. Jesus refused? Mm -hmm. I actually learned in a class that typically they'd put painkillers in that. Oh, fascinating. And, um, and, but he refused it, so... Um, most people who know that fact, um tend to attribute that to him wanting to feel the full weight of mm-hmm. what was going on. Yeah, that's crazy. I hadn't heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, after TFC, what are you planning on doing afterwards? Any thoughts at all? <laughs> well, um, yeah. I've definitely spent, um, especially since August, uh, a lot of time trying to figure out what I'm doing um, and what God wants me to do. It's 
been a little bit of a roller coaster thinking, oh, well, this might work, but then realizing, yeah, maybe that's not where I'm supposed to be. Um, yeah, there's so much second guessing. <laughs> it's true. Um, but as of right now, um, my plan is to stay around um, home. I'm from coming, so um, it's not too far away. And um, spending the next year or so trying to be as involved with theater as I possibly can. Yes. So, Anyone listening, you need to see this girl act. She is a great <laughs> actress. Oh, thanks, Meg. Yes. Uh, um, but so I, I want to do as many auditions as I can, um, try and figure out places that I might be able to volunteer if I, if I don't get casted or see if, you know, some community theater or something will accept me as like an assistant director or, um, really anything like that is, is kind of the goal. Um, there's one audition that I'm hoping to do in the next couple of weeks. Um, I have no idea if it'll turn out well or not but we'll see um what's it for uh well the um the shakespeare tavern in atlanta um is oh, having yeah, yeah they they have an apprentice company um that's like secondary to their main company and that's for um that's for like young professionals trying to i don't know kind of needing a bridge into the industry um, so it's kind of like an internship in a way. Um, you take a lot of classes and um, do a lot of, like, background, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff and paperwork and um, all of that kind of stuff. But um, so their their auditions just opened, and so I'm, that's that's one of them that, that I want to try to see if I can do. But, um, but if not, then, you know... <laughs> I didn't know that existed. Wow. Yeah, they don't advertise it a whole lot, it doesn't seem. But they only accept eight people, so... Ooh, yeah. Uh, we'll see. But um, but knowing you, I I think you have a chance. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. If it's if it's God's will, then, then I'll make it. Yeah. And if not, there'll be another opportunity. Yeah. So, um, and I also want to try to figure out um, uh, a church um, to get involved with, um... There's actually a brand, brand new church plant that's that's happening in Dawsonville um, that I'm I'm really excited about. It's it's still, you know, brand, brand new, um, but I'm hoping to to be involved a little bit in that. And then, you know, maybe um, being able to use my uh, use my degree a little bit there. so that's kind of like immediate future in the next year or so plans after that. Um, yeah, I'm planning on just kind of seeing how, how the year plays out and what opportunities might come up and trying to get more clarity and direction on, on what I should be doing um, and how it all works and ties together. Because I know I, know I want to do something in theater um, and I know I want to do something in ministry of yeah. some kind, so... Were you involved in theater at all before coming to TFC? Um, not a whole lot. I um, TFC was really where I discovered my passion for theater. Um, I was I, I grew up dancing, so um, I was used to performing a lot um, because I, I danced for a long time, and then I was in um, I was in a production of The Wiz. 
when I was little. <laughs> Who did I, you play? Uh, I was a munchkin and I was a police mouse. Oh. Um, that, that was a lot of fun. I <laughs> It was actually, I think it was that play that I learned um, like how not to crack in funny scenes, you know, not to not to laugh and, and break uh, character. Oh, um, man. Because the, the police mice in The Wiz, they have to go and uh, arrest the cowardly lion as he's, like, going through the poppy field. So you, you might be able to imagine what that's like. Um, um, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I can, I can definitely imagine what that's <laughs> like. Oh, man. Yeah, so... Um, so I, I did do that play when I was um, when I was little, and then I've always um, I've always loved watching theater though. Yeah. Um, my oldest brother was in theater all through high school and a little bit in college, and um, so I grew up watching him perform, which I always loved, and um, and I've always been a fan of like Les Misérables. Yeah. And you know those big classics. Um, those are. Yeah. Those are what I grew up on, so I've always loved those, but I didn't quite realize just how much I, I loved being involved until TFC. Yeah, I I actually remember um, going to see the first play you were in, Jungle Book, mm-hmm. when you were Akilith, and uh, you did wonderfully in that, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. And, but it's interesting. I think I've seen all the plays you've been in since that play, and... Mm-hmm. Your growth as a performer between now and then is very, very superb. Because, oh. <laughs> like, well, thank you. Because um, you can see a difference mm-hmm. in in your ability as an actress. <laughs> yeah, which is which is which is so interesting because I feel like I've my <laughs> the way that I act definitely I think reflects like my personal growth as well. Um, I mean, God be the glory, because I've definitely discovered um, a lot more about myself and about my strengths and what I'm passionate about and things that God may have for me and um, in ways that I, I had no idea um, were, were even there before. And yeah. so being able to um, kind of step into that a little bit more and... Um, I think kind of kind of parallels a little bit. I I so wish that I could have seen you in Is He Dead. That oh, would have yes. been that would have been so cool. <laughs> that was a wonderful play, but it was also not a wonderful play due to stuff that went wrong. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 heard about it, but I still would have liked to see it because there's there's yeah. several people who I who I know like you who who were in it and yeah, um, it would have yeah. been cool. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, there will always be, like, my f- favorite part of being in that play, though, was some of the witticisms in it, because <laughs> there were some really witty moments in it. I love that word. <laughs> witticisms. That's yeah. the best. I need to use that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it it was a very witty play. I mean, there's, like, this scene where... Um, there was this guy who had a patch on his pants, mm-hmm. and this guy was like, 
hey, you can't be seen selling all those paintings with a patch on your pants. Uh, <laughs> bend over. And they we actually sewed a patch to the actor's pants and all that. And uh-huh. had him bend over. And the guy grabbed a paint palette and painted over the patch. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, that's so funny. <laughs> of course, um, uh, we couldn't have him keep the patch on because it had fresh paint on it, mm-hmm. and he'd have to sit down on occasion. Oh no! So we had to find an excuse for him to go off stage, so someone with a seam ripper could rip the patch off his pants. <laughs> oh, I see. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yes, um, but. Um, out of all the players in TFC I've been in, I have to say my favorite, you're my favorite director, but my favorite play I'd been in would have to be, I know I talk about this a lot, <laughs> but Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. Yes, such a good play. Such a good one. Yes. Yeah. and I, I loved you as Mrs. Beaver. It was such, such a great role. Yes. And I loved you as Susan. Um Thanks. You brought in her responsibility and motherliness, kind of. <laughs> yes, I, I, I loved, I loved that play. It was, yeah. it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, um, you know, it was interesting. Um, remember um, Emmy? Mm-hmm. Um, well, she did amazing too. But oh, yeah. it was interesting because she's a method actress, mm-hmm. and she said she told me that she would watch little kids and how they moved and incorporate that into Lucy. Um, Emmy played Lucy in the play, for any of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. And it, it was in the scene with Father Christmas when mm-hmm. Father Christmas was giving presents and all that. I couldn't help it when she got her dagger. Mm-hmm. I In my head, I was she was like jumping up and down with the dagger and I was like, <laughs> Child knife, <laughs> like my brain forgot that she's not a kid. <laughs> yes, she. Oh, she was so good, so good, so many. I loved, I loved having, um, like siblings, like in the play. Um, that was that was definitely a cool experience because, like, I'm the youngest in my family. Yeah. And so being able to be like the older sister for once was. Yeah such a fun dynamic of um being able to interact with with the you know with the younger characters um yeah it was it was a it was a cool thing I I loved I loved that dynamic and getting to see um and getting to see people like like Emmy um and and their acting yeah Um, and yeah it it was so much fun yeah um um it I will always remember that place and the closets. The the closets. Oh man, <laughs> the notorious closet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Um, when we when we did the play at uh, what was the name of the church again? Uh, Clarksville um, First United Methodist. Yeah, there was this closet there, and there was no real backstage. There was just this big room in the back, and this one closet, and <laughs> and everyone was crammed in that closet and. Oh man! Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> it was it was quite it was quite funny, especially looking back on it, because at some point, like at least half the the cast was was just waiting in this closet for their entrance, and and like it, it was it was not not a huge room, but you know we had all of these people stuck in there, and then like there was no air conditioning, 
and um, and then of course one of our characters was a centaur, um, <laughs> which made things very very interesting. But it was great because at one point I was just looking around at all of these people and we're all just like trying to be as quiet as possible, but also trying not to like laugh and step on each other at the same time. It was it was like. It was yeah. kind of like being in a wardrobe, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it, it was, yeah. Uh, d- did you know that one of the prop teacups broke? Oh, yeah, I heard yeah. about that. Yeah, that, that was not good. Um, but it, it, uh, we ended up making it work with mm-hmm. Mr. Tumnus having only one teacup. <laughs> yep, yeah, it, it worked out, it worked out. Yes. Uh, but um, just getting the... It felt like we went to Narnia, even though it we didn't. It just <laughs> felt like going there. Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the things I love so much about theater is just the storytelling. And if, like, you you know if everyone did a good job, like the, the actors, the directors, the stagehands, you know, you know, you know everyone did a good job if the audience felt transported to a new time and a new place and... Um, you know, can can relate and um, to specific characters. You know, like like reading a good book, you you feel like the protagonist, or you know, um, and I think that's you know a sign of 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 a, of a good play is when the audience forgets that that they're st- sitting in an audience yeah. and, and watching a play, but that they feel like they're involved and um, and yeah. and it was interesting because like a lot. There have been times on occasion where we've had to deal with plays where the writing was not the best, but we, mm-hmm. but seeing everyone involved in the group mm-hmm. um, still able to pull something beautiful out mm-hmm. of out of those plays mm-hmm. when the writing could could have been better. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things about being part of the group, and I've seen yeah. you do it too. It, um, like just pull something beautiful out of subpar writing. Yeah, that that was something that actually kind of surprised me because, um, you know, seeing movies like, you know, you can tell when a script is poorly written in a movie. You know, like it's just it affects everything. Um, even if you know they have the best actors in the industry and, and a great director if the script is poorly written you can tell mm-hmm. um and i kind of would assume that would be the same way for um for plays but from at least our, our experience here it, it's really cool to see how good actors can make a lot out of out of a poor like not poorly written just like not the ideal script yeah. for the situation and um and I think, yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of cool. And it's kind of cool to think about, too, how, you know, I feel like that's, in a way, I feel like that's kind of what God does sometimes of that, um, you know, when, when life is kind of awful and when circumstances and situations aren't preferable or aren't ideal, you know, God, God still can make something utterly beautiful out of... Um, you know, out of something that that you look at at first glance and go, oh well, this isn't gonna be good, <laughs> but but God is like, mm, nope, I'm I'm gonna make a masterpiece. I'm gonna make something that um, that people won't forget. You know, it's interesting because God has so many things in this world, so many people in this world who 
just don't realize how beautiful they are. Um, mm-hmm. There have been times whenever, um, whenever I've seen people who know nothing about God and yet you can still see God's fingerprints mm-hmm. on them and yeah. just I think how much more so would you see God's fingerprint on a person if they knew who he was and yeah. how special God made them yeah I think I think that's that's definitely a good point because you know we're made in in God's image and and with that you know there, there's beauty there's there's masterpiece in in every person um you know no no matter who they are and um I think that a lot of people don't realize that because um you know they're they're, they're looking for someone to to define themselves or define their lives and um and the truth is like we if we're giving definitions we're gonna they're not gonna be good ones you know they're gonna fail um at some point and and how we define people and how we define situations and um and that's the cool thing about God is that he you know he gives perfect identity and and perfect um perfectly you know describes and and creates and um you know he he doesn't he doesn't make mistakes, and and I think that, you know, it would, it would change the world if people realized that, you know, their their existence is vital to the world. You know, I actually once heard um. You, you grew up. Have did you ever watched? This is a children's show, but have you ever watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood growing oh, up as a kid? Of course, yes. I remember like, um. He would always remind people about how special they mm-hmm. are. Um, and uh, Mr. Rogers was actually a minister. So, mm-hmm. and um, I remember hearing in a documentary about mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers that there were people who would say Mr. Rogers' neighborhood was dangerous because they believed it would make people be entitled like Mr. Rogers said I'm special so mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna do nothing and just be uh, just be someone who relies on others because I'm special mm-hmm. but that's just twisting that line of thinking because mm-hmm. that's not what that means at all what's yeah. what people like Fred Rogers meant or mm-hmm. or like what you were saying about how just beautiful people can be Mm -hmm. yeah it's true and I think you know I think um the only the only thing or the only person who is in danger of um of people recognizing who they who they are meant to be um you know are, are people who are threatened by you know, by goodness <laughs> yeah. and about, you know, by, by everything that God is and everything that God can do. Um, and when we realize that he's created us for a purpose, you know, that has power. Yeah, that does, it. that does have power. Um, and, um, some people are content with the idea that they don't have a purpose, but that's, the tragic thing because 
if you feel like you have no purpose, then there's then each day is more dull Mm -hmm. than it could be yeah but there's always hope that's that's the amazing thing is that no matter how you know bad life seems like it there there is always hope in it because like we not only have purpose but god also has purpose in everything that happens and um and i think that's also you know one of those things that like hope hope can change the world Hope hope can change the world. And uh, it feels like this world needs it a lot more than it has of late. Mm, Yeah. It's true. But God is faithful. He's at work. And, you know, he's good. He's always good. It always goes back to that, I feel like. (laughs) You know, but I don't think we can quite say it enough because we forget it, you know. Yeah. And, um... Especially um, those of us who just, I don't know, let the stress of life overtake us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely true. And I think that's, especially for like college, um, college is so stressful. <laughs> um, it, it really is. But I think that, you know, the... The work does get done, you know, even if it's not necessarily the grade that you want or, you know, like no matter how stressful it gets, you know, that doesn't mean that that God is far away or that, you know, he doesn't have purpose. It's just, um, you know, it's just that life, life is hard sometimes, but, you know, I think we, the more stressed we get, the more we kind of lose sight of of god of god and his goodness because you know we like you know like we were talking about before and perfectionism and wanting to get everything right all of the time and um but realizing that there's grace there's there's grace um always (laughs) Mm -hmm. there is grace always uh i know this isn't uh a question that i sent to you before doing this interview Mm -hmm. but What's a piece of advice you might say to new students who are coming to TFC mm. who might hear this? Hmm. I think, yeah. I think I would say that you can't go wrong with God's will. Um, sometimes it's really hard to be able to distinguish God's will, but um, it can also be hard to second guess it, even if we do know it. And so I I think that I would say prioritize his his will above everything else, because, you know, you may have expectations that you have to be in college or um, or maybe expectations that you can't make it in college or, you know, that you're supposed to be here or, you know, maybe maybe someone wants you to to go to a different college or you know whatever it is expectations on yourself or um or things that you know other people may want for you or whatever it may be um like at at the end of the day god knows best and it's okay 
it's okay to trust him because even when his plan may look scary or uncertain, it's better. Um, and that's really hard to distinguish sometimes. Um, like it's really hard to distinguish sometimes. So I'm not, I'm not (laughs) discounting that, but, um, but you know, if, if you know that God wanted you here, you know, don't, don't question it. Even if like your, maybe your grades aren't great or whatever (laughs) it is, he has you here for a reason. Um, and if you think, well, maybe, you know, whatever it is, life decisions and, you know, friends or, you know, boyfriends or girlfriends or what major you should do or, you know, any of those things that you, you can't go wrong with, with what God has for you. Um, there's just so much pressure that college students feel the second that they waltz into a campus Mm -hmm. and just taking the time to breathe and listen to God helps tremendously. Oh yeah. I think the times that I've, I've been most stressed and, and the times that I'm the most emotional or, you know, whatever it may be, are the times that I, I forget to breathe and I for, forget that I don't have to have everything figured out. Um, because we have this timeline set in our head, oh, I have to make this decision by this time or whatever it may be. And, and the truth is our timing isn't God's timing and that's a good thing. Um, and that's something that I, that I have to constantly remind myself because I forget it so much. Um, but again, his timing is good and, and, um, his timing is good Um, and it's better than ours. (laughs) Yes. Um, yes, it is way better than ours. Um, especially for like, um, when it deals with things like career or who to love, or um, who to marry, even. Um, just waiting, because, like, my dad once told me that he was wanting to get married the around the second he came to college, mm-hmm. but he could not find someone mm-hmm. um, at first, because... And a lot of the dates he went on um, until he found my mom did mm-hmm. not go well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, he did have a few girlfriends who he stayed with for a bit, but um, eventually those relationships ended. And he, and it was when, I think around the time he turned 30, Mm-hmm was when he found mom after he had graduated college. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good example. Yeah. You know, um, one of my favorite books is um, Hind's Feet on High Places by yes. Hannah Hernard. I talk about that book all the time, if you know me, so I'm sorry if I'm boring you. But um, one, of the, one of the good quotes, this isn't exactly it, but um, at some point the, the good shepherd um, says, you know, we'll... Will you accept the postponement so that the best thing can happen? And I think that's really important because sometimes we we want, you know, we want to settle for now, but the truth is it won't be as good. 
Um, so are, are we willing to wait for the best option to be available? Because if my dad, if he jumped for any of the women he dated before he dated my mom, then he would not have been as happy. I mean, one of his girlfriends um, had parents who, um, the, the, I think it was the wife would sometimes hit the husbands. Oh, yikes. Especially when they were in fight, when they were having fights and all this stuff, and dad was visiting this old girlfriend's of his house mm-hmm. when that happened and mm. and a lot of what makes up people is their what their parents do mm, yeah. and he didn't want to risk um this girl picking up those habits from her parents mm. yeah that's the funny thing about life is even at first things that you know they seem like really good options and you know like that's that's something that I've been dealing like figuring out lately is you know things that on the outside seem really good and seem like like great opportunities and things and and realizing you know if God is saying saying no then it means that there is some reason that it's not as good as it appears or that there's something even better um, and so our you know our perception of life in the world is is skewed because we can't see the whole picture. Yeah, um, but we at the same time we we shouldn't um, hold still, thinking, "What if God says no? What if God says no?" Um, that's mm-hmm. something a lot of people are guilty of doing, even myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better to test the waters in order to see if God will say no, um, but. Still be still be prepared for him to say no, but be prepared for him to say yes too. Yeah, I think that that kind of goes back to having kind of the the open hand mentality, you know, of going into situations and um, and you know giving it to God and being open for whatever He may say, um, and you know being okay with if this is a yes and being okay with it if it's a no and. Um, and not trying to, like, be afraid of one or the other, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, because perfect love casts out fear. And and God truly has perfect love for us. And um, and so, yeah, just having that kind of open open mind, open heart, open hand kind of idea of, of um, you know, whatever, whatever may be. Um, but, yeah, but, yeah, not like you were saying, like, not having you know, this thing in your mind of, of just being hard set on something. It's hard, though. It's hard. Yeah, because um, we want what we want so much mm-hmm. as humans. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Well, I would have a stay longer, but you and I have auditions tonight. <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah. We're going to be auditioning for Sherlock Holmes. Anyone listening? Come and see it. I do not know when it is, but I'll (laughs) announce it later on another podcast. (laughs) Yes, it'll be great. Yeah. But anyway, I'm Meg Broom, and thank you for joining us for Curtain Call. Bye.